Hello, Arizona. Welcome to the Legitimate Podcast. We are your hosts, Mike and Rochelle Polden, and we are here to discuss the reality of real estate, due diligence for investment properties. This is going to be a quick episode today, and we're just going to go over the things that you need to do to do your due diligence when purchasing an investment property. First of all, what is due diligence? Well, due diligence is diligence lots of investigation and examination and confirmation that you are due to perform when you are purchasing a property. It's now, your obligation. It's your obligation as the buyer to sort some stuff out and make sure you know what you're getting and that it's going to do what you want it to do. So when you're purchasing a house to live in, just buying a house, your due diligence obligations are quite a bit less than if you're buying other types of property for other purposes. And we're not going to get into commercial purchase due diligence today because that's even more complicated. But we're just going to talk about due diligence for purchasing a residential home, a single family residence uh, as, as an, an investment. investment. <laughs> so we're getting that a lot these days. People are, you know, looking at their homes and thinking about buying a second home. And there is a little bit of a difference between buying your home primary residence and buying an investment property. The due diligence requirements are different and you should take them more seriously. Definitely more seriously. Now, when you buy a house that you're going to live in, you're going to get a home inspection. You're going to have a guy who is a licensed home inspector, or if you're doing a good job, uh, an actual contractor, come out and go over that house and tell you all the problems they find with it. Um, that's great. That's helpful. You're going to have to do that on your investment property, too, but it's going to have to be a lot more detailed because when you're buying the house that you're going to live in, you're just assuming that you're going to be taking over the maintenance and capital expenditure obligations of that house. You know, when stuff breaks, you're going to be paying to fix it. And you're not really going to care all that much about exactly how many dollars specifically you're going to have to pay for those expenditures and exactly when you're going to have to make those payments. You're going to look at it and say, well, the air conditioner is all right. It works well today and it's not super old. So that's good enough. And uh, the roof doesn't leak and it's got some life left in it. So that's fine. And if you're just living in the house, that's that's totally okay. Uh, but if you're buying a property for investment purposes, you need to be able to predict with great specificity exactly what capital expenditures you're going to have to make on that property and when. So you need to be able to say, uh, the air conditioner is going to need to be replaced at a cost of $6,000 in seven years. And you need to be pretty sure that you're right about that. And this roof has uh, 12 years of life left in it, and I'm going to have to pay $7,300 to replace it. Because you're going to be plugging those numbers into spreadsheets. <laughs> you're going to be using those numbers to calculate your ROI on that rental property. And you better be close to accurate because you really don't have a whole lot of leeway uh, and still preserve your profit margin. So where people really go wrong in this phase of the process is they buy a rental. They're super excited about it. The number They just eyeballed it, had aspirational intentions, and then, boom, you've got to replace the roof, the AC, and, you know, fix the plumbing. And all of a sudden, this thing was a... Bad investment. 
bad investment. Like you just had a money pit. You bought a money pit when you were expecting to make money and that sucks. So avoid that with good due diligence. It's one thing to live in a money pit, to have a house that you live in that costs you more than you expected. You can get used to that if you really like the place. But if it's an investment property you're renting out, a money pit is simply a money loser. And Uh, you resent it. You resent it. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have a hard time unloading it because nobody else is going to buy that as an investment if it's not a good investment for you. So it's you're stuck making those repairs. That's the only way to kind of recover. So make sure that you perform those required inspections and do the plumbing inspection, do the sewer line camera, do it all. You want to know exactly what you're getting into because you are trying to make money. You're going to pay a lot more upfront for your due diligence than you would if you're just buying a house to live in. Uh, you can expect to pay at least 500 bucks, probably closer to a thousand for sewer camera inspections. If you're buying a property that's uh, built before, say, the 1970s, um, it would be, in my opinion, foolish not to do that on an investment property. You never know what you're going to find. I went under contract on a possible investment house that it turns out had a completely blown out sewer line that was dumping sewage into a giant underground cavern under the garage. Gross. We dropped that contract and did not purchase that house. They dug up the entire yard. It took them months, and they eventually sold it to somebody else after spending who knows how much money on sorting that. But we didn't spend it. We didn't spend that money because (laughs) we did an $800 sewer camera inspection. (laughs) So make sure that you're just – these are horror stories, and we hear about them a lot. And we do not want you to be one of those people asking us what your options are for getting out of this house after you bought it. Can you go after the seller? Probably not. Nope. This was part of your job in doing the due diligence. Your due diligence is yours. <laughs> Unless you can prove the seller knew about a major problem and intentionally covered it up, it's your job to uncover those problems, not theirs. The other big thing is landscaping. Yes, man. You love the trees. You love Mature those giant trees. Landscaping. Mature trees rain the entire backyard. Mature trees are very expensive to maintain. Large trees cost a lot of money to have. They're beautiful and they increase the property value. Your tenants will like them. There are lots of advantages, especially if you're in a central Phoenix area with a flood irrigated lot, you're going to have the opportunity to uh, to have some really great landscaping. But man, you better make sure you know exactly what it costs to maintain that. And I'm just not just talking about the weekly and monthly maintenance. You're going to have significant arborist expenses on an annual or semi-annual basis to maintain very large trees. And when I say significant, I mean you're writing checks potentially for thousands of dollars to an arborist uh, just to keep those things trimmed up properly. And some of them need to be taken out. Yes, and taking them out costs thousands of dollars. So you need to get a very good, very well-qualified arborist, not not just a landscape maintenance person, an actual arborist to do an arborist inspection on On that house. If it has large trees Uh, and you may be very surprised at what you find and they can be a deal breaker. Um, The expense of dealing with trees, especially if they're nearing the end of their natural lives or if they have evidence of early disease, uh, it can make the property unprofitable because of how expensive it is to deal with the removal of a large set of mature trees. Yeah, a $10,000 expected expenditure in the next 24 to 36 months is not ideal. No. (laughs) (laughs) To deal with trees. Just for the trees. (laughs) So just making sure that you handle that kind of thing. The other thing you want to make sure you're knowing about is what is the potential rental value? Not aspirationally, but the reality. Like if you think that you can rent a home for $1,400 and you're really only going to get $1,250 and your mortgage is 
not 1250, um, <laughs> you're losing money every single month. So you want to make sure that the rental value that you're getting uh, on the property is accurate. And you're going to want to talk to a real estate agent about what is the true rental rate. Got to make sure you have accurate numbers on that. And, uh, if you're buying a property that is already an investment property, so the, the seller is leasing this to a tenant, um, you need to make sure that, first of all, you are looking at all of the seller's numbers for how that property has been operating as a rental, and that's the financial due diligence. You need to look at this and audit their finances to make sure you have a clear understanding, not just of what rent they're getting, but exactly what the operating expenses are for that property. Uh, what have they as the landlord been paying for? And what have they been deferring payment for? You know, what are they not holding up on their end as the landlord? Are they uh, doing a bunch of deferred maintenance, leaving it to you? You know, the, the air conditioner needs a whole bunch of work. The electrical hasn't been updated and needs it. The plumbing's in bad shape. The roof's in bad shape. The trees are dying. And that's why they're selling it to you. <laughs> be careful that you're not getting trapped like that. And also be careful that the financial numbers that you're looking at from makes the sense. seller are real, uh, make sense and are accurate. Now, you're not going to be able to dig into it with, um, you know, a bunch of forensic accounting detail, but make sure that you run some sanity checks and that you see at least one or two levels of backup for the key aspects of that uh, to make sure that it's not, you know, it's not just fake. Yeah. What are the taxes that they're paying? You know, yeah. or do they have a property management company? How much does that mm -hmm. cost? What are their normal operating expenses for this particular property? Those are basic numbers that you should be able to get. And it's very important. If you're buying a property that's not already an investment property, so that you're buying it from someone who lives in it, obviously you don't have that information available. Um, and, and that's fine. You're going to have to underwrite that deal yourself completely. You're going to have to make sure that your numbers are accurate. But if you are buying something that's already an investment property, make sure that you understand exactly how profitable or unprofitable it's been for these prior owners um, and that you know how you're going to be able to change that in your favor to extract a better result out of it, better ROI when you're the one running it. And if you're thinking about making this home an Airbnb, um, yes. you know, that's also an option. You know, a lot of communities are doing that. Some communities are not allowing that. So you need to make sure that if you're in an HOA and they've got rules against Airbnbs or short-term rentals, that is a thing coming soon to communities near you. And some municipalities are trying to restrict that. you got to be very careful. So you just have to, you know, pay attention to that and make sure that what you're buying is what you're intending to buy. And if you're doing financing on this, it's a lot different than a traditional primary mortgage. Like this is an investment property, which means there are investment rules at play, which means you're sophisticated. And so there are less consumer protections. Very, very different uh, set of lending regulations and environments when you're dealing with an investment property explicitly. Um, if you're not doing short-term rental, then you may be able to get by with conventional approaches to financing uh, if you're going to be leasing it long-term to a standard tenant and you don't have very many rentals. Um, you may be able to do that. We're not going to get into all the details of when you can use conventional financing like that. But the bottom line is, if it's an Airbnb, if you're doing this as a short-term rental, uh, you 
with few exceptions, cannot use conventional financing. You can't just go apply for a mortgage as if you're going to live in the place. Uh, because, that's called mortgage fraud. Yeah, that's, that's mortgage fraud. You, you really <laughs> can't do that. Um, it can get you in a lot of trouble with the bank and the law. Um, and instead, what you're looking at are investment mortgages, uh, the type of mortgage that a, a commercial investor gets, and you're going to have to have a lot more money down, over 20% typically, and you're going to be on a shorter term, like typically 15, 15 years, 20 and you're lucky. going to be an adjustable rate. Um, so you're just not going to get much more favorable terms than that. That doesn't mean it's a bad deal, but it does mean that your options are a little bit more restricted. Um, you are going to have less cash flow out of the deal. Um, because that's just the way it works. Your mortgage payment's considerably higher, and you're also going to have a lot more equity in the property. Uh, you're going to have to maintain that equity than what you would be dealing with otherwise. So you need to plan for those things and make your spreadsheets, you know, do the numbers because this is a business. It's not, um, it's not just, uh, buying properties and throwing people into them and hoping that it works. Uh, you got to know in advance that the numbers are going to work out exactly the way you want them to. And that's what the due diligence is for. It's diligence, diligent, diligent, diligent observation, analysis, compilation of information and calculation of results. And that's how you make money with your investment property. So if you're looking to buy an investment property, there are plenty of professionals out there that are willing to help you like us. So make sure you give them a call before you start going down this process on your own. Absolutely. And, uh, Hang in there because it can be a lot of fun and it's worth it. But this sort of due diligence activity is what makes the difference between a frustrating, infuriating and expensive attempt at an investment property versus a smooth and successful and profitable investment property adventure. So have fun, hang in there and go do your due diligence. Thanks for uh, watching Legitimate and thanks for listening. And we will chat with you guys next time.